Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. How you doing, everybody? Hope you had a good weekend, and I appreciate you listening to this. I really do. I appreciate you following me. If you want to subscribe, go on iTunes, go on Stitcher, go on Cloud. Just get on a podcast, follow my blogs, because I'm here to help you because you guys drive the show. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. So today, I thought I'd talk about drones for a bit. And there's a drone update. It's about time we put drones to work, don't you think? Now, I know the FAA changed the rules a while ago. I'm just now getting around to writing a little bit about it. So I thought I would release this and to coincide with Nate's release. You know, Nate has a drone, well, they called it Onman Aerial Systems Group, that they're putting together some rules, some guidelines. And what they basically do, they take what the FAA has, and then they get it out to climbers, and they basically gear it towards the uh, tower industry. But it's the eye in the sky, baby. Here in the USA, the FAA has laid out some drone pilot rules. I have all the links in my blog at wadeforwireless.com. So just go to wadeforwireless.com to pick it up. And you'll see all the links in there. You can get everything. But first, I want to thank Tower Tracker Pro for being a sponsor of this program. Tower Tracker Pro. It's a software... I'm trying to talk, folks. It's a software as a service for closeout packages. That's right. Get it done in one visit. That's the big problem. Most people could not get it complete in one visit. Take all the pictures, take them in a row, take them that they make sense. And before the tower climbers even leave the site, send it off to the office, have them look at everything, make sure all the pictures are taken, the quality is good, and the approval is done before they leave the site. One site visit, that's where you save cost. I also want to thank Tower Safety and Instruction at towersafety.com. Oh, Tower Tracker Pro, towertrackerpro.com. Just type it all together and put a .com at the end. And then you can see how to sign up for the service. You'll see some cool videos on their website. But Tower Safety and Instruction, again, another sponsor of the show, which I greatly appreciate. They are an accredited school in the state of Arizona for all your tower safety needs. And they have drone training. Drone training? Did someone say drones? TowerSafety.com. Drone training right here. We're going to talk about drones. And I just wanted to go over the highlights of the drones because as the Internet of Things become it becomes mainstream, right? As we begin to really see the Internet of Things take off. And the drone is, of course, a thing. So what you're going to see is drones everywhere, eventually. Don't worry. Well, I'll get into that. They won't hurt you. They may spy on you. That I just see as inevitable thing happening. But anyways, I'm looking forward to the drones coming out. And the great thing is we have to take baby steps, right? Although drones are moving at a very fast pace. Amazon's already testing deliveries. You all know about that. But I want to talk about drones and wireless because think about what we can do. A lot of tower inspections, safety inspections, and things like that we can actually do now 
especially the DFA changed the rules that you can do more on uh, with a drone, let's say. You can do more with a drone for business purposes. You know, it was rather ironic. With drones, you could do anything on your personal time or with a private drone. But for business, you had all these, you had to be a pilot to do anything with business, which is fine. But it made it very hard for someone to enter the business in a cost-effective way. And it made it hard for entrepreneurship to really grow in the wireless industry using drones. Now, things are changing, baby. It's a new world. The FAA is accepting more applications. You become a pilot. And if you go to my link, and the name of this blog is going to be Drone Update, Put Drones to Work. And if you look at that particular link uh, at wadeforwireless.com, you'll see I have a lot of links at the end of the blog. You can scroll down if you don't want to read it. I know some of you have a hard time reading all this. And you'll see the links for how to get your... Uh, like, like you'll see a lot of links for different things, but you have the FAA fact sheet. Uh, there's a PDF the FAA has. You can download that. You can see the regulations. There's drone training classes from towersafety.com. There's a link to Nate's PDF that they put out, but there's also questions, a knowledge test study guide for pilots, a remote pilot knowledge test guide sample questions. It's all there and you can get them all. They're all PDFs pretty much that you can get from the FAA, from Nate and from Tower Safety. There's a lot of good stuff there. Now just remember, I'm going to talk about drones here, but I don't want just any Yahoo out there flying drones. I really think, well, I know you need to be certified by the FAA, right? Training, 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 certification. And I think it's a good idea like to take a certification like at towersafety.com to get certified to do work in the wireless industry so you know what you're doing. You don't go out there and look stupid. Oh, well, maybe you do. <laughs> work with a lot of people in the wireless industry. Some of them don't mind looking stupid. But my point is we have the drones available now. We can use them for business. Let's use it right I think that's why Nate made such a big deal of putting the guidelines out. That, and if you look at everyone on the um, committee, I mean, Nate Nate has quite a committee that they put together for on-manned aerial systems. And I'll just give you an example. There's Christopher Desmond of Verizon Wireless, Greg Emmerich of Sentara, Jim Goldwater of Bob Lawrence and Associates, John Paul Jones, John Paul Jones. They covered most of the Beatles, right? Of Tower and Turbine Technologies. LLC, Robert McCoy of Crown Castle, Jimmy Miller of Miller Co. Inc., Chris Machia, Measure, Art Pragler, AT&T, Todd Schleckway of Nate, of course, we all know Todd, Jim Tracy of Legacy Telecommunications Inc., and Jim's pretty active in Nate. My point is, when you look at this array of people in the industry, for one, a lot of them love flying. I sat in a committee with a lot of these guys, really nice guys, really great guys, Everyone's very committed to getting drones to take off for multiple reasons. Now, you're probably asking yourself, why do we need drones in the tower industry? It's going to save a lot of time, and, and it just makes it a little safer. It's one less climb we have to do. The whole idea is safety. And I know I'm getting off the tangent here. I want to talk more about drones. I don't really cover this in the blog, but my point is these guys have a lot to gain. One, it's one less climb they have to deal with. It's a lot more safe than sending climbers up there. And two, I think as drones move ahead, it's going to be more cost effective. I think drones can do things quicker. And I see the guy from Tower and Turbine. The thing about energy, I think it's going to save a lot of money in energy. I see it in the tower industry. The problem is the tower industry, everything's becoming a commodity. Prices have already been driven down. And AT&T and, and Sprint have really uh, done a lot with their reverse auctions. 
making a lot of the services a commodity. A commodity. <laughs> I'm trying to talk, folks. But I, I just want you to realize for drones to break into this industry, it's going to be a game changer. For one, it's going to drive costs down, which depends on which side of the fence you're on, whether that's good or bad. And two, it is going to improve safety in some ways. We still need tower climbers. I mean, no way saying we'll never need tower climbers because who's going to do the heavy lifting, right? There's still a lot of work that needs done on towers. I know now we are constantly doing upgrades and improving the towers and adding equipment to the towers and things like that. But the drones can really assist us in that and the tower inspections. They can also assist us in safety inspections. That's a, what, something I am a big fan of, going out and doing safety inspections. And with a drone, you can see who's up there. Or what you could do is just have the guy in the tower show his ID. Because when I had uh, Cliff Wilcox on the, uh, I interviewed Cliff Wilcox, and he has, uh, he, he has a service where you can actually see people's credentials. And it's called credentials, and it's with a Q. So the whole idea of credentials, which I think is at Q-U-R-E-N-D-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. I could be wrong. I think it's credentials with a Q-U at the beginning instead of a C. But anyways, Cliff pointed out that, you know, just because someone's on the tower, you have a choice here. A, you can either take the ground guy's word for it, that when he shows you ID and all the information, you can say, yeah, those are the guys in the tower. And we used to do that. Of course, you crews out there, you had to lie. You got caught in your lie. You got busted. Because what they did, they showed different certs on the ground and then another guy went to another tower site and he saw the same people, literally within an hour of the site. It was the same company, two different towers. They tried to lie. So now they have guys actually come down off the tower. And for all you crews to get mad and say, I had to come down off the tower. It's extra work. It's a safety risk, blah, blah, blah. Just remember, there's one bad apple that ruins it for everybody. And if you wonder where that saying came from, when you put a bad apple in a barrel of apples, it spreads. The rotten, the rotten apple spreads to other apples. That's what happened. In this case, you had one tower crew, one company that lied, and they did get fired. They got kicked off the sites. They were reported, and supposedly they were banned. A lot of these guys, they just shut down and open up under a new name. But unfortunately, now that's why they go to extremes for safety. Now what we can do, bear with me, it's a long, drawn-out story, but now what we can do is take a drone up, and the guys can show their ID, and you can see their face while they're on the tower. Winter will be the only thing because they'll probably have to uh, take all their headgear off. And trust me, I'm cold when I'm up on a tower in the middle of winter. I had a lot of, I had hats, I had the face mask, I had everything on. Then to take it off up there in the wind, I'm not going to lie to you, it sucked. So anyway, back to what I'm talking about, which is drones. Drones are going to be a commonplace in the industry. And uh, I go through the bullet points in here, which the FAA point out. You can download the PDF, you know, and anything. Basically, it's very obvious stuff. Line of sight. You have to have visual line of sight for any unmanned aircraft, any unmanned aircraft under 55 pounds. So when you see those government drones that weigh like, you know, five, 600 pounds, we're not talking about those folks. We're talking about the four little propellers, maybe six. They go up there and take kick-ass pictures of everything. That's what we're talking about. Less than 55 pounds. And most of them are lightweight. However, uh, you got to compensate for the wind. That's another story. So you got to think about what you're covering. 
but they go through the bullet points of what the recommendations are. Small unmanned aircraft may not operate over any persons not directly participating in the operation, not under a covered structure, and not inside a covered stationary vehicle. I don't really get the whole vehicle and the covered structure. I mean, if you're in a stadium with a roof, now you can't use a drone in there. Does that make any sense to anybody? Anyway, I'm sure there's more to it than that. So the important thing here is unmanned aircraft may not operate over any persons not directly participating in the operation. So that's a big hindrance for utilities, and I'll tell you why. Because utilities, if they want to inspect power lines or anything like that, they have to go out like two weeks ahead of time and put a flyer on everyone's house, let them know what they're going to do, let them know that they're going to fly a drone, when, where, the estimated time. It's a lot of logistics. But it still saves them time in the long run. They can put these flyers out. People know the date. They could even put like bill stuffers in. But it's usually a specific street. So the whole idea is that they can do this without uh, causing a problem or a stir or having people report a lot of stuff to the cops. But they still want you to be uh, under the drone when you're out there working. They don't want you to just, you know, go willy-nilly and fly it all over the place. Although... It seems like for personal use, that's all anybody does. Reporters do it all the time. They really could give a rat's ass about who <laughs> they're flying over. But, you know, that's their battle, not mine. Right now, when you're doing work at a tower site, chances are everyone there knows exactly what's going on. There's no surprises. But the point here is if you're doing a safety inspection, you can't do a surprise inspection on a crew without letting them know there's a drone in the air. For one, you might spook the crew. You know, it sort of freaks them out when a drone appears out of nowhere. So the proper plan for something like that should be that you go out, you introduce yourself to the foreman, you ask that he send a message up, and the message could be with radios, with cell phones, or just, I'm going to be honest with you, you could just yell up there, hey, we're going to send a drone up to inspect and see what's going on. That's the important thing here for tower work. You have to let the guys in the tower know that you're going to send a drone up. Now, if you're there at the beginning of the day and everyone knows what's going to happen, hey, we're going to go up and I'm going to send a drone up in about an hour, watch climb, blah, 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 take video. That's another thing. So the point is you must educate everyone there that you are going to do drone work. That's my point. Okay, there's a bunch of other stuff, which um, you got to remember that these rules were built by the FAA for the best safety, like maximum ground speed of 100 miles per hour. You have a kick-ass drone if you're doing over 100 miles an hour. Although I'm, I don't know my drones, I'm sure it's possible. Uh, First-person view camera cannot satisfy see and avoid requirement, but can be used if the requirement is satisfied in other ways. I think what they're saying there is basically visual line of sight to the drone. You can't just rely on your camera. And trust me, do you see those videos where these yahoos go out and they lose their drone somewhere and the last thing you see is a drone hitting something? In fact, I saw one where it hit a tower. The guy tried to fly through the tower and he didn't quite got it. Wasn't quite the pilot he thought he was. So with this, that's what they're saying. They're saying you can't just rely on the camera and the drone for visual line of sight. When they say visual line of sight, they mean the guy on the ground can visually see the drone live, not through the camera, not all that. All right. So let's go on. So there is a remote pilot certification. And again, the FAA document covers that. I just want you to know that that's in there. Uh, it says you have to hold a part 61 pilot certific uh, certificate <laughs> certificate other than the student pilot to complete the flight review within the previous 24 months and complete small UAS online training course provided by the FAA. 
In other words, you have to be certified. They want you to be trained and certified. And it looks like it's finite. It looks like uh, the certification's good for two years and you got to do it again. You have to be vetted by the Transportation Security Administration and you have to be at least 16 years old. Just look through the rules. They're bullet points. They're very straightforward. And the, they have a last group here. Remote pilot in command must make available to the FAA upon request the small UAS for inspection or testing, which means if they ask, you got to let them look at it and inspect it, okay? You got to report to the FAA within 10 days of any operation the result that may, uh, any operation that results in a serious industry. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Lower I'm trying to get through all this. But any property damage, it's at least $500. You got to let the FAA know. So if you have a some type of major problem with the drone where you hurt somebody, where you destroy something and it costs over $500, you got to let the FAA know. You got to fill out a report. I know you won't want to. I know you don't think it's important. And everyone thinks it's funny till someone gets hurt or someone gets caught. Then it's like, oh, well, you know, you can plead ignorance. But if you're listening to this, you know better. Conduct a pre-flight inspection. I think that's obvious, right? Ensure that the small unmanned aircraft complies with the existing registration requirements. Uh, come on. You've, you should buy one that complies with business requirements. What are you doing out there? And a remote pilot in command may deviate from the requirements of this rule in response to an in-flight emergency. So if there's an emergency, you can, you know, bend the rules. Just remember that. So that way with a lot of emergencies. Anyway, I got a PDF in there. You can get it. It's from the FAA. The FAA has a lot of good information on this. That's a great thing. It took them forever to do it, but now that it's done, we're all happy. That's like when I had on-man aerial experts on uh, the podcast. They talked a lot about this. If you want to see that, just get on Wade for Wireless and search for get Kevin, K-E-V-E-N, Gambled, G-A-M-B-O-L-D. Because uh, he works for Unman Aerial Experts. He's just a neat guy. I really like Kevin. Just an outstanding human. One of, one of my favorites because he's a fun guy to talk to. He's pretty open and honest. And he was the biggest critic of the FAA because it just took him so long to do anything. Now, while you guys don't think it's important, this guy's in the drone business. So it was actually hurting his business with them taking so long to do everything. That's why I'm bringing it up. Okay, let's move on. Again, Nate, I told you about their group. They actually have some guidelines for the wireless industry, but let's think of what drones are going to do in the future. I mean, this is a stepping stone. This is, this is a breakthrough. For one, can you imagine a day when drones have their flight paths like the airlines do? How cool is that going to be? It's going to open up new businesses. Think of all the entrepreneurs out there that can, that can go out, they can do the tower work, they can do the, the inspections. Maybe there's some type of closeout package you can do. How cool is that? I also want to think about the new industries it's going to bring out. Like, uh, I think we're going to need air traffic controllers for drones. I think somebody out there is going to have to monitor, just like the internet of things. You know, somebody's going to have to monitor where the drones are, when they are, and if they disappear. You know, if a drone disappears, which is going to happen. I mean, look at the weather. I live in the Northeast. The weather is horrendous here. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. So I don't know how drones are going to handle the cold weather, the high winds, the, the, it's snowing today. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to handle that. But also, you have to have uh, verify the flight paths, which I think they'll have set paths for a lot of these drones, especially if Amazon gets to do the deliveries the way it wants to. I don't know how practical it is to do that. But it's really cool, right? I mean, they've already done it just to prove how cool it is. 
So I'm looking forward to more of that. So I do see that. I see drones taking a ton of video, doing a ton of inspections. I see public safety relying on drones more and more and more. Drones will be a useful part of society that we will rely on. And who knows, maybe they'll even do pizza delivery because I think Domino's or a Papa John's have already done that. I mean, it's just the coolest thing ever, right? To have a drone deliver something to your house, no matter what it is, whether it's Amazon, pizza, or uh, Chinese food. We all want it quick. We all want it now. This is a way to do it without having someone there. And the greatest thing about it is you probably don't have to tip the drone. How nice is that? Because, you know, you always feel obligated, or I do. I feel obligated to tip these guys or girls, whoever delivers my food. Okay, so can you imagine? It's going to get to the point where we won't have to have visual line of sight anymore, that we'll have to have, let's say, an LTE system, 4G, 5G, something like that, to control them. And I think that's going to really be a game changer when they can do everything remote and we have that much trust in them. So I think it'll be great. 4G, 5G systems are going to make a heck of a difference. They're going to control it. And we're going to be able to use them for also, you know, aerial inspections for, I, I, I think there's more than what I'm talking about, but think about for energy systems. Think about for things that people go up and do dangerous jobs. Like um, when you're on an oil rig and they have to do inspections there, like of, of the flames coming out in chimneys, when they want to inspect a chimney and they used to send a guy down in, you could send a drone down in for a visual before you send anybody up with any tools. Think about power lines when you want to inspect those before or after a storm. You have to get power up. You have to get power to the people. So you don't want to send a human up there because, you know, they could die. But you might have. The other thing is you'd have to shut power down and people are already a little frustrated and irritated. Whereas with a drone, you could really inspect in my head. I picture you could inspect miles and miles and miles of lines, of towers, things like that very quickly, very efficiently, one after another. I just think it'll be awesome. I think that uh, as far as LIDAR and things like that go, if you can attach that to the drones, the high-definition video, which I already heard they have like 20-megapixel cameras on those, which is, is amazing. You know, I just read that, and it it's, it's blows my mind what they can do now. I think Kevin told me that. Think of all the things that drones are going to do. It's so much bigger. Drone, uh, I'm sorry, bridge inspections. That's another thing drones are used heavily for. I talked to several companies that do bridge inspections. It's amazing. Is it going to be cheap? No. The drones are going to be a lot of money, and the cameras are going to be more money, and if you have LiDAR, it's going to be more money, and then you still need the back end. That's right. You can't just take video, pop it up on YouTube, and expect to get paid. It's not going to happen. You have to have the engineers, whether it's a CAD engineer, a structural engineer, someone that just knows what they're doing, look at the video, inspect it, take pictures, and put a report together. You still need the back-end office, whether you do it in Word, PowerPoint, or whatever. You still need to put a report together. The other thing is, when you're doing this work, you need to be certified. You can't be some Yahoo out there doing this rogue. So if you want to get paid for this, you need to be certified by the FAA, and I would highly recommend getting certified in a specific industry you're going to work in. Now, is this all good? No, because drones are going to spy on us too. I put some links in there for different things that happened around where drones have spied on different people for different things, mostly by the police, which is good and bad. You know, I mean, <laughs> when you see some of this stuff, it's a little silly, but just think when you're at home, 
whatever you're doing, you could be on the second or third floor, think you have a little privacy. Next thing you know, a drone's outside your window. So all I'm saying is close your blinds, folks. Draw the blinds, have a little privacy. You're not safe anymore. <laughs> I'm just saying be careful. I know you want to have the window open. You might forget about it, but don't. So there you go. Become certified. Listen, scroll down to the bottom of the blog. Tons of links. And I got one more thing. I have two books out. I have the LT I have the wireless deployment handbook. That's right, the wireless deployment handbook for LTE small cells, CRAN and DAS. And again, wait for wireless, you should be able to find it. The wireless or Google, the wireless deployment handbook. I have the 5G deployment plan, which goes over not only deployment of 5G systems but business plans for 5G how you can get started in 5G. And the beauty of 5G is it's going to be more than just the carriers. That's right. You can participate in it. I'm telling you, because you're going to have lightly licensed stuff. And I would like to say Wi-Fi is going to play a part, but we've been saying that for 4G for years, and it does. You know, it plays its part. But with your system, you'll have control of what carrier you can share it with. That's the future. Carriers didn't think of that when they were releasing all this spectrum, but you know, you're going to have millimeter wave, which is lightly licensed CBRS, which is 3.5 gigahertz. There's going to be 150 megahertz of that spectrum freed up. How cool is that? Think about, you can lightly license it for indoors. You can control an entire building on your system. Hopefully we'll have devices that can handle it, but you'll see CBRS band here in the U S is going to start to take off as is millimeter wave. Each one's going to have a specific purpose. IOT spectrum, like in 902 megahertz. That's another thing I cover is the IOT bands and what you can do with it. So there you go, folks. That's what's going on out there. You have drones, you have deployment plans. They're all going to tie together. Let's do 4G, 5G. Let's make it happen. Be smart, be safe, and pay attention. See ya. Mm -hmm.